I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL. Hey, what's going on, brosive? Well, do you know what? I, I, I'm going to start on a downer. I've, what? I've been, I've been a bit grumpy today, I'll be honest. I think I am on a downer, but don't worry. Why? I haven't been taking any illegal substances. But I had such a bang-in day yesterday that I think today has just been a come-down. Oh, well, it, well, that's kind of like, a, what did they call it? Not a backhanded compliment to yourself, but kind of a, a positive out of a negative. I thought I was going to have to put you down on a psychiatrist's couch, bro, and say, you okay, buddy? Is there anything I can hey, do? Look, any time I get to come on the UK Packers podcast with you, Steve, it perks me right up. Don't worry about it. I don't know what that means. don't know what it means. Um, but come here, yeah, good week then. Good week for you. Yeah, it's been all right. Busy with work, as always. Better week than John Dorsey? A little bit of a better week than John Dorsey, but yeah, football news has been a, a little slow again. Yeah, but you know, should we do that, Ryan? Should we like judge our weeks from now on by good or worse than John Dorsey? <laughs> is, that a, is that our benchmark? Well, should we do it? I mean, the problem is with John Dorsey, you've got to feel pretty sorry for him because he hasn't done a bad job, has a he? Great job, yeah. And and uh, you know Kansas have been sort of contending, I guess, for the playoffs over the last few years. Um, what is strange about it, though, is the fact that he sort of manages a draft, mm. brings in all the players that he thinks are going to fit. You know, it's it's all his plan, and then he gets told, "Oh, we're not keeping you past the end of 2017," and then he goes, "And in fact, actually, do you want do you want to just go now?" Strange, isn't it? So you've let him, you've let, you've given him the keys to it. Hmm. You've let him plan the next. What do you give it? What do you give most of the higher rookies a, a three, four-year contract with a fifth-year option, something like that? Yeah. So you've essentially just planned a big part of the next five years of your organization, and then you've told the guy, might as well just leave. Actually, we're going to get somebody else in to do it. And who are you going to get in at this point? Who out there is available to come in and do a better job than this guy? Well, it kind of now again. If I, if anyone's kind of confused why we're talking about John Dorsey, wants to know who he is. He was with the Packers for a long time. He was with the Packers more than um, anybody that he was with before. He's a 57-year-old. Uh, he spent a dumper lot of time in Green Bay. Six seasons as a linebacker, in fact, from 84 to 89. And then he became a team scout then in 91. Then he went to Seattle with Mike Holmgren in 99. Returned to Green Bay the following year. And then remained as the college scouting director then until 2012. Uh, when Thompson promoted him to director of football operations. So this guy has Green Bay caliber, right, Ryan? Um, he's he's well-respected in Green Bay. And when I was swirling about who could take the GM job from Ted Thompson, this guy's name was bandied around. Now, one thing that does annoy me kind of about, I don't know, about all of us, sort of us included, right? Sometimes we all lose the run of ourselves to a degree. And one of those things is, is when someone says, oh, who's going to replace this guy? You kind of have to think, A... Why are we talking about replacing him? And then B, you say this guy because he's a buzz guy in the media, but like, do we ever look behind it and look at all of the candidates? Do do we know what the Packers think about him? You know, it, it comes out in the media, of course. He's a highly respected guy, but you know, like, I don't know that. I, I don't know this guy. And then on top of that, we don't know the other people, do we, Ryan, that are in in the running. Now, we know Elliot Wolf, for instance, um, was in the running. Uh, he's the caliber there from his dad. 
And I don't know about you, Ryan, but I found that this draft in Green Bay this year was... I, I don't remember a draft really under Ted Thompson to be this aggressive to go after free agents signings um, you know the trading that arounds I don't know it just seemed a weird one to me like it seemed hyper aggressive with the amount of free agents that we brought in to plug holes do you think that Ted Thompson A is on his way out B Elliot Wolf is going to come back in and take over do you think Ted Thompson was fully behind the draft that happened do you think now that John Dorsey is free uh, from the Chiefs that he is you know even a thought or have they already promised it away to Elliot Wolf? like how do you sift through all this stuff like I mean what, what's your feeling on it that's a, that's a lot of questions so thanks for that let me ask 10 more <laughs> hold on uh... <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> no look um, Ted Thompson I think uh, did his last big sort of roll of the die he probably knows he's not got uh, many years left in the job before he hands it over to I think Elliot Wolf. I think that is who will get it next right and because he's only got maybe one one more year, let's say this might be the final year, he's thrown everything at it and he's gone after it and he wants the win now. Um, and he's done that because who wouldn't want to win that way? And and how good would it be for the fans and, you know, all the even all the – because they are out there, the Ted Thompson haters, unfortunately. Mm. You know, that would shut him up, wouldn't it, if he could walk away off into the sunset having won another Super Bowl um, and things are all good. I think everything will be handed over to Elliot Wolf. I think he'll be the next GM of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and as for John Dorsey, um, he was probably a name that has come up in recent years. But yeah. I think Green Bay have now got their plan in place. You know, if you're looking at succession planning in your workplace, for example, it's exactly the same as what they're doing there. That's a workplace. It's a business. Their succession planning would have started, you know, already. They'd have already been thinking about it last year. Um, however... I've seen plenty in social media, particularly in a couple of different articles, saying is there going to be a role or could there be a role even this season for Dorsey? Uh, who knows? I, I don't know enough about what type of roles are open. I know Green Bay is absolutely stacked with fr uh, front office talent. Yeah. Um, so it would be hard to see him coming back now. And I would just think as well the future is for Elliot Wolf. So I don't believe Dorsey will have a future with Green Bay. But then... Why not? <laughs> it could happen, could it? So there you go, I'll sit on the fence. Could happen. Yeah, because the odd one to me was, and again, to answer that first, sort of first question that I was talking about, you know, like, why do we... Because isn't it... And again, I know I jump from thing to thing, but it kind of reminds me of the Brett Favre situation in the sense that everyone... If you you know that there's about a million uh, Favre documentaries, but I think it's the return of Brett Favre. It's the one where he comes back to Green Bay and they ask him again about his retirement and the messy situation with Green Bay. And one of the things that he said was that everyone just kept telling him he was retiring. And he was like, am I? You know, and he never questioned it publicly. He went, oh, OK. And people were, after they played him, were coming over, shaking his hand, saying good luck in the future and all this. He said, OK, thanks. You know, and it was kind of like they forced him. They, they, they got into his head as if, like, he should retire. And then at the end of the season, Favre turned around and was like, OK, well, I guess I better, you know, do this press conference and say, you know, thank everybody and that I'm retiring from the game. And he wasn't ready to go, you know, and... The reason that this has happened in Green Bay with Ted Thompson is solely exactly as you just said. It's the succession plan. And in 2016, in February, Mark Murphy came out and said that he had a succession plan in place for Thompson's eventual retirement. But he's never actually said publicly what that is. And that's what leads everybody to think that it's Elliot Wolf. 
Um, and there's no smoke without fire. And it has come out that Elliot Wolf is is a shoe in for the job. We see him getting more involved. But the the outlier then to me with all of this is that why has Elliot Wolf then interviewed with other teams over the last while? You know, to look for that GM job. Now I can think of a number of reasons. Right, one of them is is to put the heat on green bay to say i'm gonna you know interview for other roles to try get you to Mm -hmm. see my value or whatever maybe it's not moving as fast as he'd want in green bay um maybe he's just weighing up all of his options do you see that as unusual or is that just a normal course of business no i think it's absolutely uh normal for him to do that um if he just sat there quietly waiting for his opportunity then you know things would just tick by until green bay were ready by doing what he did by going and interviewing for other teams, as you, as you said, then he holds all the cards. He holds mm. the strength in that negotiation. Um, for example, at work the other week, I had an engineer come in for an interview. We were ready to give him the job, and all he did was take that job offer back to his current employer and got his wages put up. Mm. So this guy is only doing exactly what that engineer did to us the other week. So it's kind of normal and does happen all the time. Um, it's a way of, as I said, giving himself all the power um, and him being in that stronger position uh, with Green Bay, I don't think it's ever to to force their hand with Ted Thompson as such, mm. but it's just to make sure he's getting the money he deserves. If they want him to sit and wait until he can get the big chair at the big table, then they'll have to pay him while he waits. And I think that's all it was. Yeah, I think an awful lot of it as well is probably I don't know for himself or maybe the benefit for the Packers. But if he can interview for a GM job and get it, then a he can weigh it up. And B, he can show the Packers, look, everybody else thinks I'm ready. From what I said in my interview, like over a couple of hours or however long the interview takes, I've proven to somebody else that I'm ready to take the job. So, you know, you should have that confidence in me to give that to me. But that whole Dorsey thing, I mean, it shocked me because this is a guy who, you know, took over the Chiefs when they were 2-14 and 14 team in 2013. He built the roster because he's an absolute expert scout. He brought them to the playoffs then. Uh, three of the past four seasons and the Chiefs to put that into perspective had only made the postseason three times in the previous 15 years so you know they're a pretty sucky franchise and he came in and turned them around and to turn around the team that's 2-14 and 14 shows that he has calibre so look I mean if it does end up that it's Elliot Wolf well then happy days because he has maybe a new slant of the whole thing if he has balls the size of his dad to come into a locker room full of Packers and say lads most of you dudes aren't going to be here which is what Ron did I mean, this guy like shows that he could be a no-nonsense type of guy. But if Dorsey came in in any capacity, I think myself, anyway, would be extremely happy. Maybe not as GM, but even if he came in as some type of chief scout. Imagine having... Because I don't think it's in doubt, Ryan, is it, that if Ted Thompson does retire, he's not retire-retiring from the Packers. He's probably just going to go into a head scouting position, right? Yeah, it might just be like a, a cabinet reshuffle to keep it... Uh political nice um, topical it might simply be a, yeah topical yeah so it might just be a bit one of them um the thing is as well i think with i think when it comes to the packers nobody doubts elliot wolf is capable of doing the job yet that's not why he hasn't got it yet hmm. um i think it's more we've kind of got the arson wenger effect with ted thompson okay so as most arsenal fans listening will probably say they're probably firmly in the Wenger out camp. The problem is you can't sack out Arsene Wenger. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, and there'll be guys out there literally throwing stuff at me and there'll be Spurs fans laughing. Um, but you can't sack out Arsene Wenger because he, everything he has done for your club, um, he paid off your stadium. He's, do you know what I mean? He, he has built Arsenal to what they are now. 
and so you can't sack him. And I think with Ted Thompson, it's a little bit the same. It, you couldn't you couldn't fire him, and you certainly couldn't force him out before he was ready to go. That's that's my feeling, hmm. because he's been a huge part of the Green Bay Packers, and he's achieved so much with the Packers that I feel there's there's a similar thing there. So you kind of have to wait until he's ready to go, and then Elliot Wolf assumes the position. Well, like I'm completely with you in the sense that from what he's done and from a loyalty standpoint because I think that's very important it, like a look in modern day life Jesus Christ you have people uh, sending d-pics to people on Twitter when they're in four year relationships I saw one guy speaking of loyalty right very off topic one guy hit on this girl and he's had his whole family in the picture him his wife his kid standing in the picture and he said hey girl what's your number or something and some guy commented underneath and said bro your whole family's literally in your profile pic I mean that's not working so loyalty in this day and age is few and far between especially when you have the family man with his small child in the picture trying to hit on a girl that puts up booty pics so that that's the important side but I do believe in like not not so much in the what have you done for me lately but I, I feel that if someone's faltering to a degree they have to be moved on because sometimes the methods aren't working. But certainly, Ted Thompson's methods are working, have been working since he's been in Green Bay. And we've dominated. You know, we're getting the NFC Championship games, for God's sake. And similarly with Arsene Wenger. I mean, yes, the goal is always to win the Premier League. Of course it is. But the fact that this dude has brought them close to the summit all the time. You know, and it's down to the players too. But we digress into mm-hmm. the Arsenal talk. But come here to me. Let's get on to the, this... Um, just tragedy because you had Mike Daniels on the podcast about two years ago or whenever it was and mm-hmm. I asked him I said Mike who like who sort of stands out to you in the in the Packers locker room or, or sort of anybody that stands out to you as being like you know a real dude um, a real go-getter and I expected something like Clay Matthews or you know whoever or one of the new linebackers that's coming out or Aaron Rodgers or someone on offense he said Latroy Guyon and I was like, what? Why? And he said, well, he just he's a beast in the gym. He's got a good attitude. He's he's tough. He's gritty. You know, someone that Mike Daniels liked. But uh, Rhino, he's a bit too gritty. Arrested again. DUI in Hawaii. Yeah, it is, it's disappointing. It is, it is disappointing because I actually liked him. Watching him play, I thought he had some, you know, he, he was really good. He caused, he caused some big problems in there. Mm. Um, and so it's going to be a shame because most of the time watching him he was only playing a limited season because he was banned at some point and it seems strange that Latroy Guyon has been given opportunity after opportunity where whereas the Green Bay Packers normally it's a very short string that people are on you know and that they're afforded and and Latroy has sort of time and time again uh, got himself into trouble now the first time was 2015 right when he gets pulled over with uh, a gun, yeah. Uh, quite a lot. Of, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what a lot of marijuana is, but 357 grams of marijuana. That sounds like a lot to me. I don't, but I don't yeah. know. Right. Um, so he has a gun on him and 190,000 dollars in cash. Now, turned out the 190,000 dollars in cash was bonus payment, I think, mm. and was his cash. There was nothing odd about it. Um, but I think there was. It's an pretty issue odd to carry with... it around in a car, though, right? I mean, you're you're looking trying to trying to look like a pimp. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a strange one. I'm guessing the marijuana was an issue, and I'm guessing the gun um, uh, was an issue. So he was accused of felony drug possession, mm. um, which is obviously pretty big. Uh, but yeah, that ended up with a deferred prosecution and probation. Yeah. And obviously then bans from the league and everything else. So most people probably thought, I think we, we probably did, 
that that was probably the end of his road in Green Bay, and, it, and yet it wasn't. He was given another chance. And that was probably because at the time, I think uh, it was that similar sort of time to BJ Raji maybe giving up um, and walking away from the game for a bit. There was probably a bit of a hole on that line um, that needed filling, and Latroy could do that. And so maybe he was given a bit of an extra chance because of the situation. Mm. Um, but he certainly hasn't taken that opportunity he was given and a second chance he was afforded and done done very well with it because he's in trouble again. Yeah, you'd think, look, you're with the Packers. Stop, you know, because you, you will get tossed out. So he missed the first three games in 2015 because of that. It said that he violated the, the league's substance abuse policy and that arrest rap didn't didn't help him. He's going to miss the first four games of the 2017 season for again violating the performance enhancing drugs policy. So he's not doing himself any favors for missing, and that's why they've brought you know they've had to be aggressive in free agencies to bring someone in to start plugging some gaps here. And with this DUI, you know if he, if he's found guilty, Ryan, I don't know if that adds to the suspension as well. Probably for misconduct. Um, well, you'd have to imagine if he was pulled over and suspected of drunken driving that he was then probably drunken driving. Um, so yeah, you you think it's he's going to be in trouble? Obviously, it goes against all sorts of things, uh, not just legally, but with the league. Um, he's, well, I mean, we asked the question, didn't we, on on our social media feeds, and we sort of put out the article and we said, you know, is this the end of the road or is this the final nail in the coffin? Sort of thing. We asked, and and basically everybody said, yeah, this is it. This mm. you know, this is the time to go. And there was a lot of people that short, sort of shared the same feeling as me as. Most of us would, and this often gets levelled at players. When, when this this argument tends to come up, just to go slightly off topic, when talking about wages, and I know we're probably getting onto that later with what's going on with Derek Carr and and, and so on. Um, but when when it comes to wages, people tend to go, you know, I'd play for nothing, mm. and you go, yeah, it's because you're a fan. That's it's his job, you know. So this tends to come up. But I think in this in this sense, this this argument does work, and it's the. This guy's been given all the talent in the world to be able to go and play in one of the biggest leagues in the world for one of the biggest franchises in the world. And we would do anything we possibly could just just to get in there and, and you know, have a, have a shot at a training camp. Yet this guy makes a roster and gets given the chance to be an NFL player for a number of years. And he yeah. throws it away for what is seemingly some very, very stupid mistakes. You know, the, the drink driving when he can probably afford to buy a taxi, let alone hire a taxi. You, know, do you want to hear the sick part? Go on. The NFL Players Association pay and reimburse for all Uber and taxi charges to stop this likes of thing yeah. from happening. Yeah, and I, saw, and I saw that, and it's another thing. So it's another just dumb decision by a player that had it all in front of him and, and is essentially now, you would think, throw it all away. Now, the Troy guy on, we picked him up as a free agent, I believe. Yeah, um, from the Vikes. From the Vikes. Uh, he's already, you know, blown one chance. He's now probably blown his second chance. I can't imagine him getting another one. Mm. Um, so if he leaves us, who picks him up? Maybe somebody picks him up. Uh, maybe we keep hold of him. I honestly don't know. But he's there's a chance he's just thrown away what could be a very promising career. And I think that's the bit that the fans look at and they go, you know, I just can't get that. I can't understand why somebody would take that risk. Yeah, and like I wonder, you know, did the Packers drop him now? Did they wait? to see what the outcome of this case is to see if he's going to be suspended some more drop him then see how the replacements are doing see how they shift around the line to try compensate for this it's an interesting one but do you know what it made me look into the amount of arrests 
that have happened in the league and that have happened to yeah. Green Bay in particular, right? Because I assumed, like what we were saying, you know, you piss arse around, Green Bay don't stand for that. It's a quiet place. That, you know, you're meant to be able to put you on the straight and narrow, all the rest of that type of stuff. And I thought, I was looking up, you know, where would Green Bay rank in the 32 teams? I would have said maybe 28 to 32. They're 18th on the list. Jesus, they're like nearly in the middle. And on some websites, they're closer to the bad guys than they are the good guys. So I'm going to I'm gonna pose a few questions to you, right? Who do you think has got arrested more over the last, I don't even know, it goes back 16 years, I think. Yeah, I think it goes back to 2001 they started keeping these records. Right. So I'm going to ask you right now, and you've got to come up with a who's got arrested more per team, right? Okay. Green Bay or Minnesota Vikings? The Vikings. Correct. Minnesota are the worst team. Uh, <laughs> next one. Green Bay or the Detroit Lions? Green Bay. You see, that swung me. I say I was definitely think Detroit with Indomit and Sue being pulled over because he was running people off the road and all this type of stuff. Why did you go for the the Green Bay there? I mean, would you not see Detroit as just being a stinking? The only team? reason I knew that one, the bikes I went on because I just remember they went through a period of almost every other week having someone arrested. So that was quite an easy one. Hmm. The reason I knew the difference between Detroit and Green Bay is because I was reading an article just before I came on air. Um, where it basically told me that Detroit were oh. one of the better teams in the league. <laughs> so you looked I really good went, there for well, a sec. They should be good. Yeah, I, I just have to admit that one. That was just luck. See, right. I do do some research. I know. The fans out there, don't. they just don't believe it, but I actually do some research. <laughs> it's because it's so seamless, Ryan. It's so goddamn seamless. Uh, so let, let's go in then and, and delve into some of these Green Bay stuff. So we've Latroy Guy on, McIntyre Dorliant as well, was accused with uh, police interference because it was a scuffle yep. outside a bar. Um, again, there's no resolution for that. Sam Shields recently brought up, brought up on uh, drugs charges. Uh, it says resolution undetermined. Uh, it was accused yep. of a misdemeanor marijuana possession. Um, I forgot about this one. Andrew Corliss firing a gun in public on a Miami beach uh, was, a, was a misdemeanor <laughs> offense. Because why wouldn't you be doing that if you're on a beach? Do, yeah, do you know, it reminds me of, what's that movie, The Other Guys, where he goes, do you ever do a, a ceiling pop? He's like, what's that? Oh, just yeah. shoot your gun into the ceiling. Yeah, he got caught for he a gets, ceiling he pop. He gets given the wooden gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> in that one, though, in that one, though, I, that was, uh, what did he plead? No contest was given only a $1,000 fine. Nice. $1,000 for an NFL player with an NFL contract. I tell you what, just that's, $1,000. That's worth the, the ceiling pop, isn't it? Uh, this is it, yeah. One pop. year probation, and then he had to go to, and I like this, not just anger management classes, but specific gun safety and anger management classes. Yeah. Lesson number one, don't shoot a gun in public on a beach. Not a great idea. Kill no. some seagulls. The, the worst offender, though, that you'll see in Packers history is by far Johnny Jolly. And this is with his purple drink. So, like, nine years ago now, he was accused of having a mixture containing codeine in his car and arrested mm-hmm. outside a Houston nightclub. Pled guilty. Uh, that included probation, five years of deferred adjudication. Comes up again six years ago in Houston again. Bottles of codeine, charged with intent to distribute. So, I mean, it's not as if this guy was sort of charged with just drinking them. And then a couple of months after that, pulled over again. Johnny Jolly is kind of a repeat offender, but famously Ryan got a second chance in Green Bay, but uh, probably not going to happen for poor old Latroy, I don't think. So I'll tell you why it won't happen. I was reading an article about Kenny Clark, okay, mm-hmm. and he's a, a second year this year? Yep. Or third year? Second year this year. Yep. 
Now, we saw him sparingly last year because there was actually quite a lot of competition in the position and he was fairly new to the league and it's not an easy position to, to come in and, and do, you know, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. You don't, you don't get kids coming out of the graft, uh, out of the graft, out, coming out of the draft and just fitting in seamlessly into this position. It doesn't happen that often. So it's a difficult position. And he was only 20 last year as well. Yeah. So there's, you know, you've got to be, you're going from college football to, to the, to the big sort of big leagues mm. um, where everybody's stronger, everybody's quicker. So, so it's, it's not a plug and play type position in my opinion. So he came in, he did well, he did all right when he, when he was there, but Mike McCarthy's actually come out this off season and said that he's one of the, and I can't remember the exact words because I read the article maybe a week or so ago now, mm. um, but basically said, you know, he's really high on Kenny Clark and Kenny Clark's doing great things. And he's, he's probably one of the most impressive players so far this off season. Um, and he thinks he's going to have a really big second year. Now that's coming from the head coach. Yeah. So, you know, that's even that's looking even worse for Latroy because if you're looking at it now, going, do we need a Latroy around? Maybe you don't because the kid's coming up. He's doing well. You've you've brought in other players at the position. So I just don't see a need to keep mm. risking having him on the roster. Yeah, and I mean Kenny Kenny Clark on the ceiling is huge for this guy, right? Because he's only 21 yep. and he's meant to be bullying guys around the field and he's so so young which again is even i i've seen a few articles as well like sort of comparing him to mike daniels and saying that it took big mike a while to sort of mature into the role because you to be able to push these dudes around i mean at that age uh but he's a big lad and there's a reason why the packers went for him in the first round again sort of maybe the only person who really knew about it was ted thompson and andy davies perhaps and probably because Andy Davies told Ted Thompson, let's face it, uh, you know, that this was happening because it took us off guard. But anyway, that leads us to our next topic. Derek Carr, big, big money, big money signing. So let me toss this over to you, Ryan. Let me jerk this over to you. <laughs> let me, okay. uh, let Go me shoot this your way. Derek Carr signs a big contract and instantly people go, to look at Tom Brady's contract, to go look at Aaron Rodgers' contract. What's your initial feelings when you found out that Derek Carr signed for 125 million five years, which is 25 mil a year? Uh, are you? Su- I'm going to throw a billion questions at you again. Are you? Because there's a lot to answer here. Are you surprised? <laughs> are you, do you think he's worth it? Do you think it has any reflection on Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady? Um, all of the narratives, all of the talking points that you have. I see you shaking your head here, and you've got your top off now. By the way. It's very distracting. <laughs> Your nipples are hard to interview and talk to here. Well, look, it's all warm, I'm saying. as we've said, as we've said before, not not quite Mick Ward in Arizona warm, but it's warm here. Um, yeah. Look, the the biggest challenge whenever trying to answer your question is trying to remember them all. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll do my best. Cool. So when I first heard the numbers come out, 125 over five. Mm. Um, look, he's a good young quarterback. Um, his numbers if you because people seem to want to obviously it's because we're interested in green bay we're obviously that's all we really look at we do look around the league obviously but we're a green bay uh outfit that's what we do so people naturally on our social media feeds are relating that to the rogers situation the rogers contract so there was quite a nice um on silverandblackpride.com which is a like a raiders fans site regular reader rhino uh not really, but it was an interesting. It was an interesting uh, article because it basically does that. It compares Carr to the top quarterbacks across the league. So the Rogers, the Brady's, the the Rivers, right? Mm. And it looks at the contracts and so on. So what it says is, if you if you compare um, Derek Carr 
Derek Carr. Yeah, I always confuse him with David Carr, who was quite crap. And if he got yeah, that contract, I'd be very shocked. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so Derek Carr's numbers. If you compare his first three seasons to Aaron Rodgers' first true three seasons, and by that I mean when he actually became the starter, because obviously his first three years he mainly just sat behind Brett Favre learning, then their numbers aren't that different. Mm. And they actually look very similar um, by the stats sheet. So people are saying, you know, is he worth that money? Let's answer that question. Yes, I believe he's worth that money. The first three years he has shown that he can take the Raiders to playoff football and maybe get them back to some former glories. And and this is, let's face it, this is a franchise on the up. Okay? He can do that. He is that franchise quarterback. I think he's still young. To my knowledge, I think he's 26. He I think young. I remember reading that earlier. Yep. So he's potentially got another 10 years in the league. Uh, and the Oakland Raiders will hope that that 10 years are spent with the Oakland Raiders, leading it to all sorts of glories. But... Certainly, if you look at the numbers, he stacks up very close to Aaron Rodgers, who, like I said, Aaron Rodgers had three years of learning from Brett Favre. Carr just thrown into the mix, into the deep end, whilst Oakland were underperforming year on year. He gets thrown into the mix. I think he takes over from Terrell Pryor. Um, Before that, I think there was the Carson Palmer experiment that didn't really work out in in Oakland. Um, There might have been some other people here and there in between that didn't really stick around. So he was thrown in to a team that didn't have all the tools at that time, and he's made a really, really good job of it. So I think he's absolutely worth the money. Now, people then want to, and I think one of your other questions then further on was, um, does this, how does this stack up to Rogers' contract? Does that mean that Rogers is worth more? The problem is Rogers signed his contract at a different time than Carr signed his contract. Mm. So if they both signed their contracts now this week, and there's a disparity in the numbers on that contract, then you could say, then you could sort of argue, well, hang on, that's not right. Carr shouldn't be getting paid more than Aaron Rodgers. But they didn't. Rodgers signed his contract a couple of years back, uh, and, and the league was different. Money was different. Okay, So every year, somebody becomes the top-earning guy, and that all that means is that every agent around the league goes, oh, hang on, my guy should now be the top-earning guy, and they become the top-earning guy, and it goes on and on and on, and money goes up and up and up, and it becomes ridiculous. And at some point... It will all implode on itself and you'll give all the money to the quarterback and realise the other 52 players you needed on the team haven't turned up because they don't have a contract. Um, but that's off in the future. So I know, I know that's getting a bit I know it's getting a bit ridiculous. I know it's getting a bit ridiculous at that point. But but you can see what I'm saying. That's what agents are in the game for. That's what they do, okay? Uh, they're a pain in the butt in professional sports. Simple as that. So yes, he's worth his money. Don't compare it to Rogers' contract. Rogers will probably now go and get a better contract down the road. His contract is is Aaron Rodgers hard up at this point? Does he need to start getting a meal vouchers or anything else? I don't think so. I think he'll probably be okay. Um, and I think to be fair, Aaron Rodgers is only thinking about the season in front of him and not what Derek Carr's getting paid. So I think that's more of a fan thing and a media thing that they like to bring up. Um, so I don't know. Does that answer all your questions, or did I miss any out? You missed loads. No, that answers it. Yeah, it's sort of, it, but that's what it, it is because it it's all of these things sort of mixed in together. Is that, yeah, if you look at stuff in isolation, of course, it's ridiculous that um, Derek Carr is getting way more than Aaron Rodgers. They say he's the best player in the league, but if you actually look according to SportRack.com, he's not. Andrew Luck with all of the money and cash sort of added into it. If you look at a strictly total cash deal per year, Andrew Luck is still number one with twenty-seven he's million. Quarterback absolutely deserves that money as well if you look at the team that he's on yeah aaron aaron luck 
Andrew Luck is an incredible quarterback to do what he does with the team that he's on. Especially behind an O-line and a coaching staff that say, yeah, your O-line sucks, but you've known your O-line sucks and you should be able to deal with it. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know, if you know that your car is four flat tyres, it doesn't mean that, well, you know you have four flat tyres, so why didn't you get to work on time? I mean, it doesn't work out the same. But you're right. So, again, to sort of go through sort of my reckoning on it, to go through the deal first. So he's got a 40 million signing bonus, but it, the guaranteed money in the deal goes up to 70 million, which is absolutely sensational deal. Jesus Christ, for a 26-year-old, I know a few things that I'd like to do with it. Uh, the garden needs doing. Uh, but if you look at the Raiders and why they paid him so much money, this is a team who've really struggled uh, since 2002 when Rich Gannon was there. They've had 17 quarterbacks since then, which is Ooh. just insane. They're the second team most wanting for a quarterback the other one obviously being the cleveland browns who has a new quarterback every four games last season uh he did pretty well finished with 3937 yards 28 touchdowns six interceptions this is a guy ryan who sort of proved that he's developed you know and and that's really what you want to see not this guy who comes in has been injured perpetually has one good season when it comes to a contract year and gets a mega deal this is a guy who's come into the league as you said under fire to a degree he's seen the likes of amari cooper and all the rest of the dudes coming up around him and he's made those guys better and they've made him better so they kind of wanted to lock him down and as well as that if they would have left this go another year you know these contracts are getting crazier and crazier and crazier now, I did see an article that had said, yes, he's got the big money deal. Yes, the ceiling is quite high on this guy. He's very young. But look at the guys who got big money deals and fell off. So they're looking at Andy Dalton. They're looking at Colin Kaepernick, who's an absolute joke, who I don't believe has even got a team still. Uh, Joe Flacco. Now, Flacco got paid straight after the Super Bowl. So like you sort of alluded to earlier, doesn't it all come down to circumstance? I mean, Aaron Rodgers signed his deal in 2013. And they say that his deal now is outdated. Uh, you know, no shit, Sherlock. He averages about 22 million a year. Uh, now, I know the total cash on Sport Rack has him way down, which is insane. And then they have Tom Brady and they say, well, Brady's earning, you know, 5 million quid less than him a year. Like, we're talking 20, 25 million for all these people. And it's like when JJ Watt got a massive deal and then someone else comes in and gets a bumper deal. To show you how ridiculous the money is becoming in the NFL and will continue to get more ridiculous because this year the salary cap again rose to 167 million. Is that I'm going to call out some players, Ryan, and tell me A, if you know what team they play for, and I'm going to tell you what money they're on. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? Okay. Uh, now, Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to scroll down on this list on Sport Rack, is coming in at 44. He gets 13.65 million total cash a year in 2017, right? Travis Frederick. Do you know his position or team? Uh, O-line Dallas Cowboys. Yep, centre. Formerly of the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, he's getting 14.2 million, so that's uh, above Aaron Rodgers. Ty mm -hmm. Tyrod Taylor, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Quarterback, Buffalo more. Bills, yeah. yeah. Muhammad Wilkerson. Uh, oh, defensive line. Yep, defensive uh, I want to say New Orleans Saints. New Orleans? No, it's the Jets and, and the Jets, which stink. Uh. He's getting 15. Oh, yeah, he's their best player. Yeah, 15 million. Um, Matt Stafford is getting 16 and a half. I won't ask you what team he plays for. I know that guy. Uh, Kevin Zeitler. Uh, Kevin Zeitler. Kevin Zeitler. He's also the Dallas Cowboys, is he not? No, he's a guard for the Browns. Ah. And he's getting 18 million. Offensive line. Hang on, he must have. Was he at the Dallas Cowboys? I'm not sure. I just know that he gets the stinking amount of money. Nick Perry is 12th on the list all time. He's getting 20.72 million, 
whereas A Rod right. in 2070 is going to get seven billion less. So I mean, the game goes on and on. Uh, and by the way, Kawan Short or K1 Short, as he's known, defensive uh, tackle for the Panthers, is second on the list with 26 Jesus. million. Jesus. He's getting paid basically. Wow. You could, if it just went money wise, and that was what a player's worth, which obviously they aren't. You could get two Aaron Rodgers for one K one short. That's unbelievable, isn't it? That's a deal. Unbelievable. So yeah, I think look, Aaron Rodgers knows, and he came out in the media and said, "Look, um, I know I'm going to get sorted out when it comes to it." And I think that the Packers have been wise, maybe delving in and getting some veterans and free agency, right? Because they're going to get these guys, pick them up on maybe one two year deals and they're going to have to mortgage their franchise on Aaron Rodgers but again someone Ryan that like you can see they, they they would mortgage their franchise on Aaron Rodgers because they're starting to see a parity now between uh, the top baseball players the top basketball players and the top quarterbacks in the NFL still are not on the same pay scale as these dudes in all of these other sports the salary does not reflect value really and like how much the quarterback is valued in this league right because if you look at the top 10 players here uh, in cash wise we've Andrew Luck Derek Carr Kirk Cousins is up there because he keeps getting franchise tagged and Cam Newton all of the rest of them so we've Eric Berry free safety Chandler Jones outside linebacker Jason Pierre Paul defensive end Josh Norman cornerback uh, K1 Short is a defensive tag like all these people coming up how are they even in the top 10 you know like quarterback well, is fair, surely you look at you look at the players there though and you would expect them to be on big money because mm. you know that they, they they are good at their positions they're good at what they do um like i said it kind of comes back to this thing though when did they sign the deal and what was the state of the rest of their franchise in terms of space in the salary cap and blah 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 and so on and so on i mean it, it's mad and if if you look at to just take uh, brock osweiler for example mm. so it's mad that the texans could pay him what they did but they did it because they had all the salary space in the world and he looked like he was going to be something so he got paid big money and then the browns who haven't had an nfl worthy player it seems for a long time with the exception of joe thomas and maybe joe hayden um they had loads and loads of space so they've managed to soak that up so when you come to the clubs like the green bays and the new england's and 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 the contending teams every year um, they obviously use their they're, they're kind of at the top end of their expenditure on the salary cap so you can't give one player everything I remember one particular story um, and I'm trying to think of the running back but Tom Brady at one point actually redid his deal so he could bring in a running back and I have a feeling it was Corey Dillon I want to say I, I might be way off there so don't, don't quote me on Corey Dillon but there was certainly a situation where they had a chance to go out and get a big free agent running back um, but they didn't have the space. And Tom Brady said, do you know what, guys? I'm all right. I'm a leader of this team. I drop my money and we get him in. Mm. So th- we've got to remember that when we're talking about so-and-so's paid more than somebody else, that somebody else is still getting paid a massive amount of money. And I honestly don't think that Aaron Rodgers, his agent, is probably doing all that for him. Um, but I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is looking around the league and worrying about what anyone else is getting paid. He's pretty well off. He's going to be good long after football, um, you would have to think, because he's, you know, good-looking bloke, the type of face you can put on the TV. You can get, you could get on one of ESPN or Fox or any of them, do that sort of thing. Um, so he's going to be good for a long time. So I don't believe he looks around the league and worries about it. Yeah, and I mean Tom Brady certainly does because apparently Giselle Bunchen's worth about three hundred and sixty million. So for these guys, they're at the top of their game. They worry about their legacy. And it's nice to see someone drop the wage 
you know, to really play with. Because look, the Patriots are an absolute powerhouse. And I think anybody on that team, if, if Bill Belichick came in and said, right lads, we need to take 20% off everybody's wages, they go, yeah, grant. You know, it's just one of those teams. And I think Green Bay as well with that history there. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid when his contract comes up for an renewal. It's going to set the benchmark as some buzzword in the media now. It's going to reset the quarterback market. Of course it will. Matt Stafford is coming up to get paid just before that as well, who yeah. currently sits at ninth on the list at 16.5 million. Once he gets paid, Aaron Rodgers will have that benchmark and he's going to knock everybody else out of the water. Best quarterback to ever do it. Uh, arguably the GOAT if you take out Super Bowl ring stats, but I don't think we should get into that argument. Um, it's, it's a team stat. Team stat. Uh, Ryan, it brings us uh, to the end. So what we'll do is, is we'll do fan of the week, and we've got a great guest on, and we'll see us in a little bit. Just give, hold on for a second, Jesus. Meet the fan. Meet the fan. Well, hey, oh yeah, um, Rhino, we have royalty in this fan of the week spot, buddy. We do. By appointment, isn't it? Oh, by Her Majesty the Queen. May- Do we give him his full title as given to him by Wisconsin News? And you know if Wisconsin News say it, it is legally binding. Go on, who, yeah. who have we got on? We have Graham Armsworth, officially of England. <laughs> Graham of England, how are you? I'm good, thanks guys. How are you doing? Good, yeah. Grand. I good think stuff. that you're going to have to probably explain to the listeners uh, what we're going on about Graham Arsworth Gra- Arsworth excuse me Arsworth yeah apologies apologies <laughs> uh, off with his head <laughs> like when you walk into the supermarket does a does a bunch of trumpeteers come out and lay a red carpet out for you is, is... so explain to us where that comes from well the first trip the first group trip uh, back in 2015 uh, me and Ryan had to well we didn't have to but Basically, they wanted to do an interview uh, with us. So we met them down at Lambeau Field. And they said that they would like to follow us around town. Or they wanted to follow Ryan around town. So um, I went along with him. They drove us around. They took us to um, Old City Stadium. And Ryan was doing an interview. And they are basically just filming us walking about. And I went onto the field with Ryan and they were just like in the background, just filming us doing what we were doing. Mm. And then they started to uh, do an interview with the man himself. And um, I tried to hide, actually. I went up in the stands and just sat down and tried to hide away. That's actually true. <laughs> it and is true. And then um, <laughs> Ryan's interview finished and they kind of looked around for me and I kind of hid behind a pillar. And then they, uh, they found me. And they interviewed me, and um, when we watched the interview back in the evening on the news, they basically had a strap line underneath uh, Ryan's interview that said, UK Packers co-founder. Mm-hmm. And under mine, it just said, England. <laughs> Graham of England. <laughs> Sweet. So that is why now he is Graham of England. So, yeah. yeah. I remember as well, didn't we, that night, what bar were we in? Was it Stadium View? Yeah, it, it was one Stadium of the ones by the and we basically made it, we said to him, can you, uh, can you turn the sport off that you've got on and put on the news channel? And they were like, why? We're like, because we've got to be on telly in a minute. <laughs> nice. And then that's when we saw Graham of England. Mm. Yeah, the sound wasn't on, was it, to start with? It was all muted. No. Yeah. Yeah, which we were not happy about. <clears throat> we were not happy. 
but they put it on for us in the end. It was all good. Another one of those horror stories where they don't turn the sound on news channels in sports bars. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. It's a problem. We did end up. We did end up with the UK Packers logo emblazoned on a huge television in Stadium View, which was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Loving it. But Graham, I, I think we've we've shot our load too early here. We've gone on too far. What we should do is, <laughs> is go back, for want of a better phrase, and, and go back to the beginning. There's no going back after that. No, well, yeah, well, that's what some people say. Nine months later, <laughs> you're in deep trouble. But come here. Uh, let's talk about how you became a Packers fan to begin with. So whereabouts are you from? And surely it's not Wisconsin. And then that means that it's probably not a hotbed for a Packers fan. Yeah, sadly not. Um, I'm from Farnborough in Hampshire. Wee. Hold on, yeah, we're gonna, we're, let's stop here because <laughs> I have to get my translation expert in. Rhino, have you heard of that area in England? Uh, when this comes to an Irish, we have to get an Irish fan of the week on actually. Um, Rhino, is that a good area? Is Because he sounds posh, is he yeah. posh? Yeah, Farnborough's pretty cool and I'll tell you why. It's because that's where my granddad lived and it's where my grandma still lives and it's where my mum grew up. What? Which is why I gave it a little cheer. So there you go. Small well, hey. world. Small world. Nice. So Ryan, Graham was, even know that. Graham was a bit posh sounding anyway. Um, he, he has got a posh sounding voice, yeah. He was well well dragged up, I think. So you're, you come from money, Ryan? Is that, is that what we're saying here? No. No. <laughs> Unanimous. I don't think that Graham's voice is representative of the area. Yeah, he's, um, that voice in spite of the area. Is that what you're saying? Hey, listen, it's a nice area. All right, do your nut in, he says. So you've got a couple of football teams down there that are uh, pretty, um, let's say, rough and hardcore in there. You've got Farnborough and Aldershot. Yeah, Aldershot's, Aldershot's, well, it's called Aldershit, really. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit rough. But yeah, you've heard of the Farnborough Air Show, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably what Farnborough's most famous for. Oh, right, Um, okay. And then they played Arsenal in the fourth round of the FA Cup about 10 years ago. <laughs> nice. And that's, that's about it. <laughs> but again, that doesn't explain how the Green Bay Packers came into your life, Graham. I mean, how did it, is it because your football teams are so bad that you had to go abroad to get well, your sporting? I'm not talking about football. No, I'm a Villa fan, so it's been pretty bad over the last few years. Yeah. Um, no, that 70s show. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. Yeah. In Based in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, so it's set in a fictitious town called uh, Point Place, which is apparently next to Kenosha and Milwaukee, nice. or near nice. Milwaukee. And, um, yeah, the family in that, basically Packers fans, and the dad uh, called Red Foreman is a huge Packers fan. And I kind of liked American football when I was younger, when it was on Channel 4 in the late 80s, but I hadn't really picked a team Um mm. And then when I was watching that show, I thought, oh, I might get back into American football again. So I started watching a few games, decided to pick the Packers because of that. I like the colours. And then when I started reading up about the history and the team and, um, and you know, the, the season ticket waiting list and, and all that stuff and how it's, you know, funded by the, the town, you know, they don't have an owner. Um, everything like that really appealed to me. So... Mm. Yeah, ever since then, I um, I started supporting the Packers, and it was actually uh, Rogers' first season. So nice. I never followed the Packers when Favre was at quarterback, which is sad. But yeah, mm. I missed it by one year. Yeah, that's how I started supporting the Packers. Well, no, I was just thinking to myself what I remember in the seventies shows when they went down into the basement. There was a large helmet in in the <clears> yeah, basement, wasn't Packers it? Packers helmet in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. 
Okay, so tell us about, so you've told us why or how you've ended up a Packers fan. Um, tell us more about your first Packers experience. Have you been over to Lambeau? Well, I know you've been over to Lambeau, but was that the first time you went or was there another occasion? So I went before that, actually. So I've got some friends that live in Cleveland and we decided to do a day trip or a weekend trip to Chicago. Mm. Nice. I remember in Chicago, I said, well, it's only a couple of hours further north to Green Bay. Do you mind if we take a, another excursion to Green Bay and kind of talk them into it? Decent. None of, none of them were Packers fans. They were they were Browns fans. So um, <laughs> That's right. So they wanted they to go and see a good team. Yeah. They definitely wanted to go, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we went up for the day. Um, it was in July, though, so there's no football going on. Um, but... Yeah, got to see the stadium before they obviously did the new renovation. Um, mm -hmm. Did the tour, did the Hall of Fame tour, uh, went to Stadium View, had a drink, and then came back. I was only there a really short time. But, really? Um, you didn't stay overnight? No, no, we, we went there for the day, basically. So. Did you go in the pro shop? Yes. Yeah, Spent I went and bought money, my first it? jersey. Yeah, first jersey bought in the pro Ooh. shop. Right, let's Steve. Go on, in. we've we can have fifty p on this, Steve. Who do you reckon was his first jersey? It has to be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he had to go super mainstream. Am I right? I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna go. Uh, Jim Michael Finley. No, you're wrong, guys. What? Oh. I I um I bought a shirt without a name on the back and had my own name printed on it. Oh, of course, he's oh, Graham of England. And you know what? I know that as well because when we went to the old City Stadium, he had a number yes. ten jersey on, and he said that everyone's going to think I've got a Matt Flynn jersey on, and it hasn't. <laughs> it's got his name on it and a number ten, so I knew that. Why number ten? Because yeah. he loves Matt Flynn. I just picked a random number, you know. I should have picked eighty-one because that's the year I was born. Um, but yeah. I didn't really put too much thought into it. I kind of just thought, oh, I'll just put number ten. Oh, could have won fifty p there if I just. Used you could have done. You could have done. So yeah, that was my first jersey. But that, I mean, all cool stories. Weird that you sort of spurred a moment went up, especially because I must have been getting late if you got to Chicago and I said, screw it, let's go to Green Bay, another couple of hours. It's mad, but it seems like an awful lot of your cool stories actually happened when you came on the first UK Packers tour to Lambeau. We've, we've so much sort of to get through with this. I mean, you've went and you sort of went into the, you know, the interview with the news team. Um, but you have met some Packer players over there. Uh, you have a, a funny story about Russell. You went and saw uh, Jordy. You're one of the small few that got to see Jordy Nelson. Do you want to give us a quick run through about some of the you know cool points that you hit on when you went over to Green Bay with all of us? Yeah, sure. So this was actually uh, the day we flew back, or was it the day before we flew back, Ron? I can't remember. But we went to a a TV taping. I think Charlotte was talking about it a couple of weeks back. It was called Inside yeah, the Huddle. Yeah, that's right. We left on the Tuesday. I think that was the Monday night. Okay. And uh, we had a, a table reserved and there was only about five of us there at that point. But we um, we sat down, we watched the interview with uh, with Geordie. Well, no, the first part was actually just the, the presenter, I think, just the host. And then... Um, it went to an advert break and then the guy took us took us back behind the scenes and uh, we got to meet Jordy Nelson, which was amazing. 
we, we knew he was going to be there beforehand because I think he got swapped out last minute with Randall Cobb. Is that correct? I think it was it Randall is. Cobb. Yeah, and yeah he, Randall was meant to be in, yeah. And Drew, <laughs> and Drew remember, contacted us and he was like, oh, listen, Steve, um, I mean, last minute, because you were on the ground in Green Bay at the time, so it was kind of sporadic, you know, you were getting wheeled around by news crews like, like royalty. And uh, Drew contacted me and said, look, Steve, um, I know you're sending the lads over, but we have to swap out one of the guests. Randall can't actually be there. I'm really sorry. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to tell Ali now that, you know, he's not going to be there. And he said, look, if it's okay, we have Jordy Nelson instead. I was like, what? All right, yeah, yeah. that'll do. <laughs> Jeez. I was so happy. <laughs> do you know what? One of the first things I noticed when we walked in backstage and actually saw Jordy Nelson was, one, he's really, really tall. Yeah. Um, two, he had great boots on, some wicked cowboy boots type things on. Um, but then as well, he had a huge belt buckle. So I'm not quite sure where my eyes wandered to next, but I noticed <laughs> that he had a massive belt buckle. <laughs> he did, yeah. Uh. Um, it was a stroke of luck, actually, because I bought a Jordan Nelson T-shirt in the pro shop uh, the day before. And I had it, no, it was the same day, and I had it in my bag still. So nice. Yep. Um, I said to him, do you mind signing this? Because we weren't sure whether or not he would sign anything, because I think... Um, they're not allowed to. Though, yeah. yeah, they're not allowed to sign stuff. But I thought, well, I'm standing next to him. I'm going to ask him. Mm. And he was more than happy to sign our stuff. And um, I think you've you've mentioned before in your show about Russell and how much money he spent in the pro shop. He must have spent about a grand. And um, he bought this this hoodie that same day. It was maybe a couple of hours before he went to the taping, and it cost him at least a hundred dollars. It was a really nice hoodie. He had it on. And um, he didn't really have anything for Geordie to sign. So he got some money out and Geordie signed, I think it was like a $20, $20 bill or something. Yep. And then Geordie said, oh, well, I'm just going to, I'll just sign your, your top. And without even asking him, he just got his pen out <laughs> just signed across Russell's hoodie. And yeah. the, the look Absolutely. on Russell's face was just an absolute picture because as much as he wants his autograph, he loves this hoodie and <laughs> he just bought this hoodie. That's the and thing. Jordan, so he not only did he waste a twenty when he could have used a dollar <laughs> note that he also had in his wallet, but he went for a twenty. Yeah, um, yeah he'd had the he'd had that jersey of all uh, or hoodie of all of about two hours. Yeah, about two then, hours. Uh, yeah. And then he got scribbled over. But I tell you what, it's lo- it's lucky that I wasn't there because if I had the kid over and Jordy said, "Rolling, well, I'd screw it," because he seems like the guy. Then if he's just going to sign willy nilly, signs the kid's <laughs> face, I would never wash my kid again. He'd have to be that guy who never gets washed. I think that'd be fair enough. Fair play to Russell, though. He went back straight away uh, to the pro shop and bought another one. Just bought another hoodie. Another $100, yeah. I'm sure I've got in my head, and we'll have to to try and get Russell to come on. Um, I know he's quite quiet. uh, Tends to fall asleep at Super Bowl parties a lot. Um, So hopefully we can get him on. But I'm sure, actually, the figure that he ended up spending over the whole week that we were there was nearer four thousand dollars by the time no. we i'm sure i've got that in my head including Why the price of the trip head? or just spending money maybe including the price of the trip but i think all in all he went about four thousand dollars oh my god he just... spent like i think on the first day we were there he was up at nearly six hundred dollars just in the pro shop and we were like there are other shops yeah. Just a disclaimer, that's not the standard price of the UK Packers holiday. <laughs> it's only if you go and uh, start getting your arse signed by Jordy Nelson. Put it this way, Russell had been saving up for that trip for a long time and he said 
when I said to him, are you sure you want to be spending all this? Is your bank manager not about to cancel all your cards? He said, I've been saving this up for the day that I came to Green Bay so I could buy everything I wanted and do everything I wanted to do. Mm. I said, all right, Russell, get me another beer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Graham, you met some pretty cool famous players as well. I mean, how did all of that come about? Um, well, the first night we got there, actually, we um, they were filming The Locker Room with Burt Griffin and Armand Green. So mm. um, we got our own table in there. We were sat there and um and because they knew we were there they basically said that we could ask all the questions as well so they you're allowed to ask who was it was it sam barrington that was the guest player i can't remember i, now. I think yeah i think we did have sambo in yeah i think sam barrington was there and um yeah i think martina dave and uh yourself asked a question each yeah uh, to sam barrington and then we got to meet um, Armand Green after the show he uh, yeah. he stayed around and you know, he was really nice I think he had well, he was meant to bring a load of cards or something wasn't he a load of photos with his pictures mm-hmm. on and um, and he forgot them and then he went home drove like an hour home and then drove an hour back because he forgot them and brought them all back and when he said he was leaving we thought oh he's not going to come back and then two hours later he turns up again and then sat there for another half an hour waiting for us to sign you know and talk to yeah. us, take pictures, and absolutely yeah. lovely guy, really lovely guy. Um, he, he could have stayed, well, he stayed there quite late, didn't he? Because he was talking yeah. to Bert Griffin afterwards. I, and, I think uh, he made sure that everybody that attended got a signature, everybody got a photo with him, everybody got a little chat with him if that's what they wanted. It was really quite cool. Yeah. The, the dude is cooler than my fridge freezer because we had him on the podcast and he was chatting away. And mid podcast, he left a video on and his dog just ambled in onto the thing he was petting the dog cool as you like and i um, without a word of a lie i'm convinced he switched on his xbox threw on his glasses and started playing xbox mid-interview he's just that type of laid back <laughs> because i was saying i was having a question all i could hear was go 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 and i was like shit is he talking to me do i do i need to go somewhere i was running around the room trying to ask him a question didn't know where i didn't know my head from the arse cool dude absolutely cool dude but you got to meet uh, the big old john coon before he left green bay yeah, so we went to the, the, the San Diego game, which uh, was eventful in itself because, to be honest, we were pretty terrible for most of that game. And uh, Philip Rivers, I think it's still a record. He threw for 504 yards, I think, and lost. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was an inter- <laughs> The last 10 minutes were fantastic because the tension in there was just insane. And every time San Diego had the ball, you know, the, the noise of the crowd. Mm. It's just incredible, and um, at the end, when when Randall made that interception or that t- or that um, pat down, was just just incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a few drinks after the game, and then we we'd gone back to uh, the hotel, and we went down to the the usual bar that we were we sat in most nights, and uh, we were there a couple of hours just drinking, and then um, I was sat with Ryan, and I think Richard Biddle was sat with me, and a couple of others. And I said to Richard, isn't that Josh Sitton sat over there? And then he looks over and he went, yeah, it is. And then we looked at the table and realised that John Coon was also there. <laughs> and then opposite was uh, the long snapper. Was it Brett Good or was it? No, the, uh, no. Mark no see, this is, this is, yeah, this is the mistake that Mr. Biddle made. So when okay. these, because I think uh, John Coon and Josh Sitton came in together Um and so they were spotted quite early on. And then another guy came in. And uh, I think I said something along the lines of, 
pretty sure that's Mark Tauscher, who obviously didn't play for the Packers at that point, but does podcasts and so on and all the rest of it. Richard Biddle, however, was convinced this was Brett Good. So much so that he went over and he said, sorry to bother you, Mr. Good, but can I have your autograph? <laughs> and so Josh Sitton and John Coon laughed at him and then he said, actually, my name's Mr. Tauscher. <laughs> and I'm never going to let Biddle forget that one. So sorry, Rich. But yeah, that was pretty cool seeing them because they just came in the bar, didn't they? Like anybody else, went, sat on the table, yeah. got some beers and drank a bunch of bits. They were happy enough for us to go over and, and talk to them. In fact, they came over in the end, didn't they, and had some photographs with us. And, um, and God, they yeah. were huge. I mean, Josh Sitton, I can't, I can't tell you how big that guy is. He went to the toilet, and I saw him walk through the door. He had to, like, duck his head, and he had to, like, turn sideways. It was... It's mad. They it was mad. Busy. Absolutely mad. But we did get them to sign our flag, which has become a bit of a tradition yeah. now in Green Bay. Uh, every year we go over there. I think the last year you added uh, Mark Murphy, Steve, and Jerry Kramer. Mark Murphy, Jerry Kramer, yeah. I think there might be a few more from the lads that just met them. Yeah, and I think possibly Charlotte took it away to somewhere and got somebody else. So was it Ty Montgomery and somebody else signed it? Yeah. She got... Um, Dayton Jones. She it? got... No, no, she got um, James Jones to sign it. Uh, Tim, Tim Maste signed it as well, I think. Oh, yeah, the first year, yeah. The yeah. first year, yeah. Sorry, yeah, the yeah. first year. So, so, yeah, a lot of those signatures on there are down to Charlotte. And actually, a lot of those signatures of actually people that have been turfed out of Green Bay. Should we well, be worried? This is, <laughs> this is what we said, actually. I think um, after the 2015 trip, I think everyone we met left. You know, we, <laughs> James Jones, yeah. uh, Tim Maste, Josh Sitton, John Coon, Sam Barrington, they all exited like the next year. Jesus. So. Do not sign the never green. Get Rogers. <laughs> no, <laughs> never get Rogers' autograph. Even if he flag. says, "Lads, will I sign that for you?" Go, nah, you're okay. <laughs> you're like, that's I never happened. Jordy Nelson. Jordy oh, Nelson is the only flag. one we met who didn't leave. Um, although I think didn't Tom Cole. He hasn't leave? signed the flag though, because we didn't have the flag. Oh, very true. So he hasn't yeah. signed the flag. That's why and he's Tom, still there. Tom met uh, Ty, didn't he? Didn't he meet Ty Montgomery in the pro yeah. shop that same year? Yeah. That's what's really cool about Green Bay is the fact that players are so open to everybody, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, Sam Barrington, when he came over, he uh, he scooted over because he had his leg injury and he came straight over to Ryan and went, hey, guy, you know, because he recognised him because um, you'd been talking to him and trying to arrange a, a meet-up. And, um, yeah, he scooted over and uh, wanted to have a chat and, and you didn't have your Sharpie pen, did you? So you buggered off to your hotel room to get your Sharpie. And I had yeah. to make talk with Sam Barrington for about five minutes thinking... I have never run so fast in my life <laughs> to go and get my Sharpie marker. <laughs> and I was convinced when I came back he'd be gone. But yeah, that oh, was quite cool. Stupid. I think he had no choice but to come over and say hello. Because to be fair, I'd been DMing him and getting ignored quite a lot. So I think he drew, yeah. I think he scooted by and must have thought, oh, God, I'm going to have to go and say hello and I because I've made eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, and I've got a busted leg so I can't run away. And this guy's huge. But... um. Yeah, and that that's the thing I was gonna I was gonna say. You you could tell Graham that the two of them are good mates now because he called him Sambo earlier on in the uh convo. Did you hear that? Sambo. Well, I think uh, they've been DMing each other quite a lot. You know, no, 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 no. This me and me and Sambo now have got the kind of relationship where I like all of his Instagram posts and he's never liked one of mine. So it's a bit one sided, but it's still a relationship. So it's a matter of time. You love him from a distance. <laughs> we both we both played middle linebacker at some point, so you know, we're almost family. 
But Graham, it seems like you had a great time then on the trip in 2015. So all over and all then, what's your experience been like with the UK Packers? I mean, have, have you met loads of friends uh, with us? And how many of our get-togethers now would you say that you've been to? Well, I, I mean, I've been a part of the group since the beginning, but actually mm. I didn't go to the first two Super Bowl meetups, um, mainly because I was just devastated that we got knocked out in the playoffs, you know? I think... Yeah. Uh, the second time especially, that. I even bought my ticket and then I'm not going to talk about it too much, but it was the Seahawks uh, game. and um, <sighs> I got a good ticket. I couldn't think of anything worse than watching the you know the Super Bowl the next week so or two weeks later. So I didn't actually go in the end. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, Sorry, but, I should just do what Matt Tisdale does and turn up to the Super Bowl party. You'd be gutted that we're not there and drink half a bottle of brandy till you pass out. <laughs> Well, I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, just it started off basically just following you guys on Twitter and, and starting chatting to everyone that was talking on there and making a few friends that way. And then the first time I met everyone was uh, the, the 2015 trip. So mm-hmm. went to the airport and uh, the first two people I met was Ryan and Russell. And then Martina and Cassian were also on our flight. Um, I think that was it, wasn't it? Just the five of us flew out yeah. together. Me and Russ so, had a feeling you might have been the guy that was also coming on the trip when you walked through and everything you had on said Packers on it. We're like, this guy possibly <laughs> is coming with us. Yeah, yeah, that was a really great experience because you get to bond in the airport, you know, and on the flight. And by the time you land, you're already best buddies with everyone. And, and that was really great. And then uh, I think in the evening, Charlotte arrived, but she was too tired, I think, by the time she landed. And it was quite late. So we met her the next morning. Yeah. I can't remember who else was there the first night. Oh, Dave Bryan was already there. Um, and I think the next day, a whole load of other people turned up. And uh, and yeah, everyone was, was great. You know, it was a really great experience. Um, not just yeah. the, the not just the people in our in our own group, but just the people in Green Bay. They couldn't have been more welcoming, uh, more friendly, more fascinated with what we were doing. Um they they were seriously confused about why we why we were all there. You know, you, you mean you've come all this way to Green Bay as a group to watch our Packers play? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, oh man, we'll buy you a beer. We'll, you know, everyone was so nice. It was. That's uh, why I'm going back. <laughs> all the free beer, yeah. <laughs> free food. So, I guess the last thing to do now, then Graham, is to uh, tell us or tell everybody what your pack, uh, UK Packers membership number is. Double O five. Got one of the high numbers. Any reason why you got that one? No, no reason at all to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> so you're gonna tell me it was like it was Olaf Melberg's number or something. No, well that could be the reason, but no, it's not. Um no no story with that really. Just uh, wanted a high number and that was available. So five. Well, Paul Horning's number's a pretty cool number to have. Yeah, I'll be golden boy Graham if you want, that's fine by me. It works, it works. It works, yeah. Golden Boy, Graham of England, it was great to have you on, buddy, and hopefully we'll see you on the Lambo trip this year. If not, we have to get Just you crossed. next year. Yeah. Great well, I'll definitely be coming to Dublin, so oh, yes. I'll definitely oh, be in Dublin. Music to my ears. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a Dublin meetup, but Graham, uh, we love you and leave you, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, see you later, guys. Have a good one. Rhino, uh, what a dude. Great dude, uh, Graham. Uh, good to have him on. I'm trying to yeah, get him I was on re- ages. Ages, yeah. Uh, I was really lucky to spend uh, that time with him on the first trip with him. 
uh, really great guy. I think we spent just about every minute together. I'd never met him until we, uh, until he walked into the airport, as he said, uh, Heathrow. Never met him, hadn't spoke to him, um, and then spent a whole week in Green Bay with him, and still talk to him most days, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, about something, whether it be Green Bay related or something else, and that, that's why guys come to these meetups. Come yeah. to these meetups. Come over to Green Bay with us, um, because you end up staying in touch with. 99% of the people that you meet on these things. Yeah, and I think that really sort of stands out, maybe on some of the fan of the week that we've had on, where the lads start name-dropping other people. And I know if you're not sort of privy uh, to any of the meetups and, and you haven't came to any of them before, you're probably thinking, who? You know, but that that's exactly it, is that, you know, at the end of the day, we've like hundreds of members, but for the people that come to the meetups, you do meet friends for life. You will know these people by a first name basis. And we haven't ever had a, someone with a bad experience that came to one of the meetups. So to remind people, uh, we have the Manchester meetup, which tickets are on sale. They're very limited uh, because the venue is only a certain size. They also have NFL fans um, in there watching the game as well. So they can only sort of sell so many tickets. And we really want as many of you as, as we can there. It's the first time we ventured outside London. And if anyone sort of thinks, yeah, London and Manchester are inconvenient, I fly over from Ireland when I'm doing it. Um, so look, the world is actually fairly small, especially with Ryanair. So Ryan, those tickets are a fiver and they're selling well. Yeah, they're a fiver. And as we said before, they're a fiver solely so we know you're coming because for that fiver, not only to get finger food, which I think is, as we said last week, as many salty nuts in your mouth as you can fit. Yeah, um, it's good times. And, and you get a beer um, off the tap as well where they have some great beers in there, um, kind of renowned for the different selection they have uh, and the good food that they do so that five pound you essentially you get straight back and it's just so we can keep a track of who's coming uh, last time we checked i believe we were near 35 people signed up which is pretty cool mm. um, for for a meetup outside of london um so yeah the big northern bash i think is uh shaping up quite nicely yep and we're going to be doing an irish meetup as well uh, which is going to be in november so we are going to do a bit of flag in Phoenix Park and then probably head to the Woolshed. So we're just trying to work out some deals with the wood, uh, Woolshed just to see if we can sort of put on a nice bash, make sure that the game's on, that we've got a good area in front of the TV or a few TVs. Um, and that's going to be great. And also, there you can still come on the trip to Lambeau. So people are still booking. Um, you don't have to do the standard package of three or four days. You can fly in from New York, from anywhere. You can go to see different games. You can stay on longer. Look, it, you can really do whatever you want. And all you need to do is email uh, sales at sportstraveltours.com or DM us at the group here or a Facebook page. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. Just search UK Packers on any of those platforms and you can fire us any sort of questions that you have. If it's a weird request, you know, in your hotel room, you only want red Skittles, we'll sort you out. You know what I mean? We, we'll do that. It's no problem. Um, to do come along, Rhino, I mean, th look, the deadline to pay up, you can still just pay in installments. Throw a deposit down, secure your place, and pay in installments. It's looking like we've got in the mid-20s, maybe 30 people coming over to Green Bay as well. And like what Graham said in his fan of the week, it's unforgettable. You'll remember it forever. Uh, it won't be your only time because you'll be sort of itching to go back and we're going to do a yearly pilgrimage over to Green Bay Ryan this is not one to be missed because it's the season opener against the Seahawks yeah it's um, it's got to be one of the biggest games going on recent history because it is Seattle um, but I think for a long time uh, I, I've certainly been fascinated by the thought of being there for the season opener for the start of it all I imagine uh, and I hope I'm proved right but I imagine the buzz to just be even more mm. um you know, 
more intense, I guess, than it than it would be for any other game, just because it's the first one back after all those weeks and weeks of waiting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to this one. And it's unpredictable too, because you get to see all the stars jog out for the first time. The risk as well, if you leave it later on in the season, which again, we, we probably will do next season, but is that you have an awful lot of people who, players who are injured, uh, but when you're seeing them in the season opener, you get to see all of the new shiny toys that we have to use on offense and defense come out. You see the people from the draft. We're going to see Kevin King in the flesh to see what he can do against the Seahawks wide receivers. You know, we get to see what our tight ends can do against the Seattle defense, which is fierce. It's going to be dynamite. And not only that, but we have the Packers Hall of Fame tour. You get to go to the pro shop. Uh, we get to stay in the hotel that all the players are staying in. And also, we have, me and Ryan are going to be hosting an event that has a past player legend and also has a current Packer player. We get to do a meet and greet. You get to them to sign, you know, unlimited stuff that you want to get signed. Obviously, within a limit, you're not going to bring a truckload of stuff to sell on eBay. You know, get your personal items signed by all the guys. We get to ask them and fire them some questions, hang out. And you never know where that leads. We have a guy, Kirk Kozad, who, you know, has befriended some of these players and actually goes to dinner with the likes of Devon House. So, look, you never know what's going to happen. And Ryan, that brings us then as well to 1919 Club. So we asked the people what they wanted for the draw and they have spoken. They have, yeah. So um, I'm sure Dan Barnes is very happy. He, won, he finally, finally yeah. won one after coming fourth on about 10 occasions. Uh, he won the last one, which was the Boy Dowder jersey. Uh, we got a bunch of new items in. So we put the question out earlier. What what do you want the chance to win next? And I think it was a Paul Horning jersey, uh, a Doug Evans jersey. Uh, what else do we have? A Jake Ryan football, a Holmgren football, mm. um, or a Demarius Randall jersey. Yeah. And you guys have picked the Demarius Randall. And what we've done again is um, we've set it up on the website. So you guys on the podcast have got the first chance to go and get it because we're not going to put it out on social media until tomorrow. Mm. So if you're on your way to work listening to this, half asleep. Uh, pull over. Get, get, get yeah, do something. Yeah, pull over. Don't, yeah. don't, <laughs> don't text this or send any money on PayPal. Um, but do the normal. Send send four pound for a ticket, uh, and you can get on there before the rush comes in. Um, there's 50 slots open at the moment. Uh, if we fill those and they're still going, then we'll add another 10 and another 10, uh, and and add a photo on each time, uh, signed photo. So we'll add more prizes if we go over the the 50. Yeah, and we announced then on the last draw just an early sort of shout out for the guys who enter the draws. Uh, the 1919 club. It's been, a, it's been a raging success and we've been able to get some premium items because of that and it's just gone from strength to strength. So what we've decided to do was, and it was always the intention from the start, is to do just a monthly draw and that's what we're getting to. So uh, we might, we're going to have a monthly draw and maybe some sporadic uh, cool prizes ones sort of in between the month, but certainly just one main monthly draw and the first one is going to be kicked off and the n- number one prize that we have is a Brett Favre helmet. So it's a fantastic piece. He has written on it the years that he became MVP. So he took a bit of time uh, scrawling on that mini helmet. It's it's a great piece. So that's something to look forward to. If you are interested, uh, just stay tuned on all of our channels on social media or by all means, drop us an email. So we're just trying to get the pricing down for the slots and how exactly we're going to structure it. And we'll get it out to you guys. But if you have a preference on what number of slots you have, uh, send it in. But look, that's all for this week. Um, we'll talk again next week and what we're going to have is is remember we have that new series coming up which is the all-time uk packer team so again stay tuned for social media because we'd be putting it out and ryan we're going to be talking quarterbacks right so we want to know who you believe should be the starter and who's on the bench for those 
Yeah, basically what we've done is we've set up a podcast series where myself and Stephen can argue the whole way through it until one of us decides that we are correct. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to involve you guys by putting out polls and ask you who you think the best quarterback of all time is. And there'll be options that we'll all discuss. And you can obviously put your points across using the different feeds on social media. Uh, and we'll discuss all of those and we'll put a quarterback in place. We'll be take the first position on our UK Packers all-time team. Indeed. Brand new podcast material of a Friday morning to get you out of that, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday funk, get you into that Friday feeling. Uh, Tan Crunchy, it's Friday. But look, from myself, at NFL on Twitter, give me a follow. Follow the group at UK Packers. And of course, follow me all buddy, me all pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. He is back on Twitter. It's goodbye. Have a great day.